0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Jason.
0: We are in the middle of a heat wave. I, I don't think it's everywhere, but definitely here in the Midwest. It's been in the 90s the past couple days. I was going to the grocery store with my grandma the other day, and she said, Oh, I saw the news. It was the highest, um, like, June since I've been alive, like 120 years or something. I'm like, wow. It's hot.
1: Yeah, it's pretty miserable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not that we would know because we don't go outside, but...
1: We pay for air conditioning. (laughs) Why do we go outside when it's hot? Come on.
0: Well, and the problem with the heat wave is that it was right on the heels of this terrible storm that knocked at a lot of people's power. So it's been kind of a rough going around here in our neck of the woods.
1: Yeah. Being hot, no power. Ugh, Yuck
0: yeah that is no bueno so we however are cool inside um
1: and out i'm so cool
0: oh my gosh stop it you're embarrassing yourself
1: that's nothing new
0: yeah i did get to go to a pool already i went to my sister's house and somehow i burned my shins yeah my shins that's how you know you got talent right there people
1: shins i didn't get burned at all
0: (laughs) because you didn't go outside you didn't go to the
1: pool. I didn't leave the house. Oh,
0: man. No, so hopefully wherever you are, you're staying cool um, and have power so that you can listen to us this week. Because we have some exciting stuff since we're back from Origins. But before we get to that, I have some news. Did you have any other nonsense you wanted to add here at the top?
1: No, I'm kind of nonsensed out right now.
0: (laughs) You're never nonsensed out. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll talk about news anyway Speechless I only have two items for you this week Um, There's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline Oh man Like good stuff Um, But I like to keep things, you know, within like a week or so Although I was stretching it a little bit
1: this week, hey! Bef- before you get started even anymore, I backed a to Kickstarter today.
0: I can't imagine it'll
1: last. It's gonna last, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't want to make that proclamation yet, but I did click back. We'll
0: see. <laughs> he clicked back, and then like the the pledge managers of come up, and he's like, "Ah, eh, what was I thinking?" Temporary I get madness. And I start to
1: sweat. I start to sweat. Yeah.
0: Can I talk about news now?
1: Yeah, sorry. I, just I asked some you if you had to nonsense
0: think- to fund, and.
1: I didn't have nonsense until we got right here, so uh, that's where my uh, nonsense came in.
0: All right, to the actual news. I have one from Kickstarter and one from Game Found. So keeping it real. The first one I almost overlooked because there's pictures of miniatures on the on the main like screen Ugh. for this game, but I realized they're just player pieces. So the game is Crossroad in the Innkeeper's Creed. So this is by. Um, a company, I guess they're um, video game publishers, and developers called Clubader, Clubader, Club. Kl- uh, they're from Poland. I don't I don't know exactly more about them, but um this is a story about you running it in. So immediately I was thinking, oh, kind of taverns of Tiefenthal, which it does have that kind of aspect where you have your own like grid. It's a five by four, I believe grid where you're going to put tiles that are, like, upgrades to your inn and, um, workers and all those kinds of things. But this one's a there's a little bit more to it than that. There's a lot more player interaction in this game because you're able to, um, Like, yes, you're going to invest in equipment, you're going to invest in services, you're going to invest in workers, you can also invest in, like, special guests that you're going to hope to get, like, really great tips out of. You're also going to have to maintain a reputation with different classes that exist in the town. So there's, like, the distressed folk that live in the countryside, or the outlaws, or travelers that are from all over, you know, regular townsfolk and, like, nobles. So each of them wants something different, and each of them are providing different kinds of points. And, you know, you're doing different things that are going to kind of move up and down these tracks. You know, we love tracks here, which I find that really interesting because you're crossing different points, getting bonuses, like the outlaws actually kind of have like an inverted track because the more you have, they're going to kind of affect how other people see you're in, but you're also going to be kind of safe from some of their influence. Just a lot of really interesting things at the reputation level. You can also like affect that reputation. Um by getting your different elements and you can also play gossip and different kinds of gossip affect like can affect your reputation or other taverns reputation. Um, and they're triggering special actions and changing up things. And the other thing I thought was interesting is that you can prepare dishes in your inn. So, um, you can get dishes from like travelers. When you get like travelers in there, you can get exotic ones or whatever. You also have to collect the ingredients for them. Um, But they can like appeal to different types of people, give you points, work on your reputation, um, which I think is really interesting. And then um, as if that weren't enough, if you, they recommend when you start to not play with them, but there's kingdom cards. They're like these kind of strange laws that were passed by a king who is dead or something and you're waiting for a new one to show up so you've got these really kind of um prohibitive kingdom cards like maybe only certain social groups can go next to each other within your tavern um you're in or you have to have a certain employee if you're going to offer a certain type of service that you're in or um you know you're going to get a bonus if you hire like a certain employee that has a certain type of specialty so just I, we're the kind of people that would start out with those cards right away. They say, oh, learn it without it. Whatever.
1: But yeah, I, I'm not a quitter. Don't right. tell me what to do, game.
0: I like that they have that option to then even kind of up the difficulty. Um, I just think it looks like a, a really kind of interesting idea or concept. So if that intrigues you, um, if you like Taverns, see the thought, but can't get enough... I would check out crosswords in the innkeeper's creed. Now I will say right now they have the miniatures for it's four players, one of four players or two to four players. I am irritated that the females, of course, one is like some super buxom woman. The other one is kind of in a slightly provocative pose. The dude, one guy has a humongous pot belly and the other one looks like Bob Ross. I, I just, why?
1: <laughs> they know that they know their demographic. <sighs>
0: That just irritates me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand why you can't just make like regular looking people. Like we all know what waitresses look like. Put a waitress on there. Like I, I don't understand. I don't know. But as- that fact aside, it looks like a
0: really interesting game. Lots of things to balance. So there's seven days left in that Kickstarter and the base pledge is 42 bucks.
1: Wouldn't have that issue with the minis if they just use meeples. There we go. Boom. I said it.
0: Well, it's true.
1: It does sound cool. Like, I, I like that theme. Yeah, Taverns of Tiefenthal is, like, the only game that I can think of that has that theme. Right. So, so yeah, it's uh, it would be nice to get another game kind of like that. It sounds cool.
0: I mean, like, Grand Austria Hotel, sort of.
1: S- sort of. Uh, but. Sort of. And It's I just, more, it. it's basically just a pasted-on theme of some dice drafting in Grand Austria. Taverns of Tiefenthal, actually, like, I feel like the theme is integrated a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and I think this one's really interesting because, like, you're getting different groups of people to stay, and then you can make dishes but you're also like working on what you can do in you're in and like upgrading it and the stuff that you have and do you have a chef and do you have a bathhouse and how are those going to benefit you do you have posh decorations or a fireplace like i just think there's a lot it seems like kind of um a little more in depth which i thought was interesting so yeah i thought it was cool that you'd like that
1: yeah i do it sounds cool
0: um, the next one is purely something that i would enjoy Um, And this is from Game on Game Found. And it's called Enigma Crime Scene Chicago and Sicily. So it says it's a replayable crime scene investigation game that you can play competitively, cooperatively or imposter mode. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. But just the regular, what I assume is competitive, looks good. However, I don't quite understand how it's replayable but I don't also know all the full mechanics of it, but there is some cool stuff in here. You're solving crimes, but they give you like this really cool, like suspect board that you can put cards on with your suspects. Um, it comes with, like a little monocle so you can look closely at these clues and, um, at different things that they're going to give you. There's some puzzles. Um, the deluxe edition has like a fingerprinting kit. Uh, you can find like uh, they give you some other interesting like puzzly things that you can work on. Even in the regular edition, there's like a passport to look at. Um, There's some newspapers and there's like a crime scene where you can like it's like a, a blueprint of it and you can move things around to kind of sort out what kind of happened at the crime scene. It's kind of like Sherlock and detective came together and had a baby with maybe a little clue thrown in there. Because there's like 10 suspects, five weapons. So I'm assuming maybe you kind of... S-
1: yeah, I was going to say, that's probably the replayability is you just randomly shuffle things in and then it's going to be different every time or something. But you have yeah, like these
0: puzzles to solve and things. And I'm like, I just, I don't-, I just don't get it. But...
1: It, yeah, I don't get it either.
0: It still seems exciting. There's like a little circular cryptogram thing that you can use to solve. I'm um, like, code... I just think it sounds pretty cool. Like I I'm I'm intrigued. And it's there's these kind of murders that happen in these two different locations. One is in New York, one is in
1: um no. S- Chicago, Sicily. Picture it, Sicily.
0: Yeah, I don't 1912. Yeah, I don't know. Um but they've got tools like hourglass and dice and it also comes with like VR glasses so it has a, that like chronicles of crime feel like lots of different things going on in this. Um, it looks super cool. Everyone knows I love detective stuff, absolutely. And this looks like no exception. So, if you are like me, like solving crimes, check out Enigma Crime Scene Sicily in Chicago. There's 12 days left, um, from the game found and the like base. P- pledge is approximately $54.83.
1: How they do the gameplay and make it replayable is an enigma. Huh? huh? Yeah.
0: I'm not even going to acknowledge that with a fake laugh <laughs> like I <it> just <laughs> I want you to insert uh, cricket sounds right here.
1: <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not super into these games like it's just not not my thing, but uh, people really like them, you really like them, and when to get to get one that's replayable would be nice cuz a lot of these you play through them once Until they give you new cases or you download new cases, you're stuck. So to be able to keep doing it over and over and over, if it's something you like, that's cool. Like Consulting Detective, unless you wait 10, 20 years, you're not really going to remember. Well, most people aren't going to remember after 20 years, then you can play it again. So it's just, you know, it's nice to be able to play something that you enjoy over and over and over and have fun with it.
0: That's true. And that is my new segment.
1: All right, so this whole episode is going to have to do with Origins. So this is not actually the feature. I don't know how we're going to get to the feature, but this is just going to be the games played section of games that we played at Origins. So everything on this list, I believe, let me look at the list to make sure. Yes, we played at Origins. Yep. And we wanted to just kind of recap a little bit of our gameplay experience, and then somehow we'll try to transition into other things about Origins. I don't know how that's going to happen, but uh, we'll figure it out. We're professionals here. Uh, Katie was going to go first because she played a game that I didn't play, but because she did a lot of talking, we'll skip past that and we'll come back to it. Um, (laughs) Okay. So the first game that we're going to talk about is actually one of my favorite types of games, and that's a party game.
0: Stop the lies.
1: (laughs) But anyway, this party game was actually really fun. I'd never heard of it. Uh, We actually played this with the guys from the board game Rundown and Another guy from the DV Games booth, I think his name was Jeff. Is that right? Yep, yep Jeff? it was Jeff. I don't know his last name, but Jeff was a cool guy. He played this game with us. We're Facebook friends and, now, so like we're it's real. Ah. Oh, it's yeah. It's official. It's real. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Uh, and you'll hear more about Jeff later. He'll come back up. But the game that we're going to talk about here is called Platypus. Platypus is a word-style party game where you're all playing together to solve some kind of thing. And it's designed by Phil Walker Harding. He's done tons of games, Baron Park, Summer Camp, uh, Gingerbread House. I'm drawing a blank, but there's a whole slew of games that he's done. You know and I don't how know. This... Yeah, yeah, that's why I just... <laughs> to... So the way this game works is someone's going to take on the role of the explorer. Actually, it says in the rule book two people are going to be the explorer, but we didn't do it that way. So one person is basically going to be the explorer, which means they're trying to figure out a certain word. And in the center of the table, there's this board... That has numbers one through eight with a card next to it of some kind of noun. It could be like Scarlett Johansson, it could be nuclear war, whatever. Whatever, any kind of noun that you you want is in this deck because there's like 160 cards. You'll flip eight of them. Then each player is going to get a hand of however hard you want it to be. You could get eight, six, or four adjective cards. Then starting with the player to the left of the explorer, well, the explorer is going to shuffle this other deck that's going to have number one through eight. They're going to show the number to everybody. That's the number that. The explorer is trying to guess and everybody else is trying to guide them there because those players are called the guides. Starting with the player to the left of the explorer, they're going to play a card down. Or they can pass. If they pass, the player to their left has to has to play a card. They don't have an option to pass. So when a card's played, the explorer is going to look at that adjective and they're going to think, which of these cards out here is this adjective pointing to? And then they either have to eliminate one or or two words from the eight that are face-up. If they eliminate cards that are not the word, you're good to go. If you eliminate the word, you lose points, and it's the next person to be the explorer. The game is supposed to play over just four rounds, so there's four explorers. If you get four, you do a good job. If you get zero, you didn't do a good job. But we played so everybody could be the explorer once, and we just had fun with it. Um, so this is uh, gives me kind of a vibe of like just one or something like that. Nice co-op word game, not stressful, can get kind of funny when people don't have clues that they are good cards in their hand and they have to play a card. It's entertaining. So how do you feel about Platypus?
0: Um, I liked it. I think maybe it was Tim that mentioned, like, no, it's not Perry the Platypus, but it would be awesome if all the cards had Perry on them.
1: It really would be. Oh, and we also actually like this game so much we bought it. So it, it does have that going for it, too.
0: We did. Um, Yeah, it's just it's definitely along the vein of like Just One and a lot of other party games so it's very easy to pick up and there's some good player interaction kind of stuff going. Um, and it's easy to, you know, play it once and say, Oh, okay, now we got it. Or yeah, let's try that again. It is definitely one of those. And I, I like games like that, you know, especially when we're introducing games to new people or we're playing in more of a casual setting where people want to be able to talk and do other things um, and not focus on the game. Like this is a, a real easy one to teach and to play and pick up. And it's, I, the platy- the platypi on them are cute. So yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the art's silly. I don't even understand why it's called platypus. Doesn't matter. It's a word game. It has some kind of art. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Alright, so next up, another party game, because like I said earlier, we love party games. And this one is from the OP and it is called blank slate. And we're, we're like one, way
0: late to the game on this one, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, it's been out for a while. We don't play party games, so <laughs> whenever one comes up and it's actually good, we we do talk about them. We like some of them, but we just don't play a ton, so yeah, we don't know what's cool. But this game is, it's a word game, and everyone, someone's going to flip a card, and it's going to have like um, jump and then a line, and everyone's going to write a word that goes with jump or some kind of phrase. But you don't want it to be super long because you want to guess the same word as other people to score points. If you guess with one person only, you both get three points. If you guess with multiple people, everybody that guessed gets one point. And if you didn't get uh, match with anybody, you don't get any points. So you're going to do that, and you're racing to get to 25 points. I think that's what the score was. 20 or 25 points, and whoever gets to 25 points first is the winner. That's the whole entire game, but it's really fun. It's another word game that I like. I don't have to get up and I don't have to do charades. I don't have to act out things. I don't have to give people clues. I just write a word, flip my board over and see what happens. That's the kind of party game that I want to play. And this was fun. It's silly. Me and Katie matched a whole bunch because we're good at we're good at party games. And yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Um,
0: we matched a whole bunch because we are married and we are one.
1: That's true. That is true. And Spencer was getting jealous. I mean, and then Bob asked Spencer if he wanted to marry one of us, which was pretty funny.
0: I don't remember that. Was I not paying attention?
1: <laughs> you probably weren't paying attention because there was a lot of other inappropriate talk going on, too. But that that was uh, discussed. So, uh, yeah, I, this is a party game I like. What do you think about Blank Slate?
0: I, I like this one a lot, um, mostly because I won. And mm-hmm. I was real mad that, I, that Jason... Only by a point. I know. I know. I was mad that I only won by a point over you. But we did keep matching together a lot because we just... I mean, when you've been together for like 16 years you tend to say the same things or talk about the same things. So, and that happened. It's, it is one of those fun games where sometimes you don't want to match. There's a lot of games like that. Or other times you want to uh maybe match everybody. And so this was a nice one where it's like kind of in between. Match one, but not more than one. Uh, yeah, it felt
1: like, it felt like Dixit scoring. Isn't that kind of how Dixit scores a little bit?
0: Kind of. I could see where you'd think that. Um, but it it is another, I get another one that was like really easy, like off the cuff, easy to teach, easy to pick up, easy to play another round again. Um, poor, poor Jeff didn't match with anyone, hardly at all, but he still had a good time.
1: He did play this one. I forgot. I forgot about Jeff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He still had a good time though. And so that's, that's kind of a good game is when you don't match, but you still have a good time. And. I I would like to own this one also, so um, because I think we have lots of people that would play it and enjoy it, because it is along the lines of some other games that we have. So yeah, I I was I I had heard of this game before, but since again we don't play a ton of party games, Jason never seeks them out. Um, I had to wait for someone else <laughs> to introduce it to us for us to play it, but it was a good time.
1: I was listening to the Bobby Bone Show once, and he they actually had an advertisement like during the his show where he did like the spoke the actual read four blank slate which i thought was interesting Hmm. just a side note that's just you know that's a free one for everybody yay (laughs) but stay tuned to our youtube channel i think we might be getting a copy of this for review not 100 percent sure but if you want to see more about it you can hopefully see it on our channel soon now talking about that game we skipped at the top that also included jeff
0: you don't have to bring up all this background like ignore the man behind the curtain okay
1: okay katie T- t- tell me about one.
0: Speaking of types of games, that Jason doesn't like to play. Um, there's a social deduction game that um, Tim from Board Game Run Down, his friend Bryce, who they also were he he is from the from DV Games, and they're working at his booth. He has a game that I believe is coming out. I I don't know when soonish. They're working on developing. So I got to play the kind of this protot- prototype of a social deduction game in space. Now y'all know how I feel about space. However, I do love social deduction. So I'm like yeah, she'll sure, jump in and the game is called Terror on Starbase X. And this is like if Secret Hitler and The Captain is Dead had a baby. It would be that's this game. Ugl-
1: that's an ugly baby. <laughs>
0: But it's true. So in this game, everyone has a different identity. Like there, there's a different role. Some people are pilots on the spaceship. Uh, someone might, is a communications officer. Someone's a medic. Someone's the like marine security officer. Um, someone is the mascot. And depending on how many people you have, you know, depends on how many roles there are, exist. And then everyone has kind of, you've got your role that you perform on the space um, base or I guess it's a ship. I'm not sure. I kind of miss all the background. Tim kept talking to me the whole time when I was trying to pay attention. Uh, (laughs) Then you have kind of an identity. So one person on the ship is an alien. They have infiltrated because they can disguise themselves to look like anyone in the crew. So there's one person who's an alien and nobody else knows that they're the alien. There are a couple, depending on how many people you're playing with, alien sympathizers, who want to see the aliens succeed and then you've got your plain jane humans um as humans so you're trying to work together to get off your broken spaceship and survive (laughs) survive the aliens Um, So the humans are trying to use the different roles to repair some stuff, to maybe get the communications tower or satellite working and send out um, like a a request for help. But again, if the communications person happens to be the alien, then they're going to say, oh, no help's coming. Oopsie. Um, Or you're trying to power up like this escape pod so you can get away. But if the alien is still on the ship and they get on the escape pod with you. Oh, bad news. It's a lot easier for them to take over in the escape pod. Uh, or you are going to have the Marine shoot the alien, thereby ending its evil reign and humans win. So you do this through like selecting missions and there's cards kind of like in Secret Hitler that say like it's either an alien kind of attack or um it's a, a mission objective where you're actually going to complete something that the humans can do. And someone, you know, sorts them out, hands them to the person who is acting kind of as the captain. And then they carry out whatever happens. The captain can order people to do things, all kinds of stuff happening. There's voting, there's lying. Um, I don't know if the masks helped or not. Tim and Dan were, um, for some reason, immediately decided that I was on their side. Like no questions asked which shocked me because I like immediately like voted against Dan on everything just because obviously, even though I was an alien sympathizer and I knew they weren't because the alien doesn't know who the alien sympathizers are, but the sympathizers know who each other is and who the alien is. So I think they got confused. Um, They thought there were only two alien sympathizers, but there happened to be three. And I just kind of chilled, laid back Subtly did what I could to help out the aliens, which they're doing a good job. The aliens can also, like, basically hatch aliens inside other players, which is really gross sounding. Um, It's all done through cards, people. Just done through cards. So then other people can turn into aliens on the ship, and now you've got more bad things happening and more people working against the humans. Um, I totally had them all fooled. I totally had them all food. The look of surprise when I revealed that I was an alien sympathizer was like the icing on the cake. It was like I'd been handed an early birthday present. It was it was awesome.
1: So much betrayal.
0: It was. It was utter betrayal. And I even betrayed because they're like, oh, we know this other Jeff down here. We know this Jeff over here is an alien. This other Jeff down here, he seems solid. I'm like, okay, so I need to believe him, right? They're like, yeah, okay. So that Jeff gave me some cards and one would have been okay one would have helped probably the humans win. And the other one wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It was just all quiet. It was like a null and void. So I Is that p- the same Jeff or is that a different Jeff? That's the different Jeff. The same Jeff was an alien. Oh, I got you. Other Jeff was solid. And then I threw under Je- other Jeff under the bus. And he's like, what? Why'd you play that one? I gave you that other good card. I was like. No, this is the best of the two cards that you gave me. I took I just threw him right under the bus. And then Dan and Tim, <laughs> instead of suspecting me, they're like, oh, Is Jeff bad? Has he been bad this whole time? I'm like, Yeah, isn't that crazy? I thought we could trust him.
1: Oh they've was- never played they've never played Secret Hitler with you, and they've never heard my story about you being a lying piece of trash either.
0: You were the lying piece of trash that time, so don't even bring that up. <laughs> but true. It it was a beautiful thing. That's like what's so fun I really like um When your group is all into it, social deduction is really fun. And I had a great time. I think everybody else did. Um, It was fun. And of course, um, now now they all know that I'm extremely good at lying, apparently. (laughs) I thought they knew.
1: Yeah, I didn't play this game. I ran far, far away because that's what I do.
0: He didn't just run far away. He went to a different table and set up a different game, which we also
1: played. Oh yeah, that's a good segue. Nice job. Thank you. I'm um, professional. We <laughs> we played a really uh, fancy deluxe version with a cool briefcase of Lords of Vegas. Bob from the Board Game Rundown he brought his, his fancy copy, which we basically have everything that's in his, except for he had the nice poker chips and the awesome briefcase, which is amazing. And we played a six player game of Lords of Vegas, which I probably wouldn't recommend. It's a little too much just sitting there when it's not your turn. But Lords of Vegas is still a good game. Flipping some cards, earning some property so you can buy hotels, try to make money, sprawl your hotel, and try to score the most points at the end of the game. That's it. It's a We've talked about it a lot. It's a great game. Uh, the company was good. Dan did poorly, so that makes it even better. Um, but yes, Lords of Vegas, six players, very good. Well, Lords of Vegas is good. Six players, eh. But Lords of Vegas, fun time. So, what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, I always like Lords of Vegas. I don't like it at higher player counts. It's just too long between turns. At, maybe, and maybe I'm just not good at at playing a strategy that way with that many people. Um, yeah,
1: it, it's hard to plan because it changes so much.
0: Yeah, but but it was st- it was still fun. I um, mean, I mean, we play with good company, so it's always fun. And the 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 briefcase was cool. We we joked about how. Bob needs to walk around with it like handcuffed to his wrist So it, since it looks so fancy.
1: It does. It's super nice. Yeah. I think a lot of people were jealous looking at it on the table. I think they were. All right. So after all of that, this was down in the hall, the actual Origins Hall. We this, got there a little bit early.
0: That was on Wednesday. Everything on was On Wednesday.
1: Wednesday. Yep. And then was this on Wednesday too? No, no. Friday. So yeah, these next two games we played on Friday, we actually went up and met... Tim from the board game rundown sister and her husband named Patrick and Julia. And we played a couple games with them in their hotel room. It was the um uh, Dan, Tim, me, Katie, uh Spencer Patrick, and Bob Julia and Spencer and Bob. Yep, yep. And one of the games that we played was called It's a Wonderful World. Now, I played this a long time ago, maybe a year or so ago, and I hated it. It was awful. I didn't score any points. Clearly, I didn't understand what I was doing. But we played it this last time, and I did much better. I didn't win, but I at least scored points. And It's a Wonderful World is a drafting game, kind of like Seven Wonders. You're getting a card. You're passing them to your left or to your right. And then after you have a hand of cards, you're going to be using cards to either get resources or to build them. You're going to get some production to give you these cubes. You're going to put cubes on cards to build your engine up. And you're trying to get points. You're trying to just... Do the best you can over four rounds of collecting seven cards. Um, We played, I think they had like some fancy, we had a full player count. So we were using like these corruption cards too, which were really nasty, but kind of fun at the same time. And it was enjoyable. Um, I played it before. So I think I've talked about it before. So what did you think about? It's a wonderful world.
0: Um, I can see why you didn't score any points the first time you played it, because I think this game definitely um, benefits from another playthrough. It reminds me a little bit of Terraforming Mars, at least the card production part, building up to things um, to then have them produce or give you points. That's what it reminded me of. Um, I, I... I didn't pay attention enough. I didn't anticipate like, oh, I'm going to be getting these things or this is what I need to be doing. So, I mean, I scored points, just not very many, Um, but I enjoyed it enough that I would like to play it again. I like Engine Builders. Um, It is fairly quick um, for what it is. So I'd like to try it, you know, a couple more times and try out, I think there are different um, approaches that you can take to playing it, which I think also makes it fun to try it many times because you're like, Oh, maybe I want to go after this thing or this other thing. Um, I, I like that about it. It's like, I think, I don't know if it has like a weird, the theme and the artwork I don't care for necessarily, but I like the idea of, you know, building cards and making engines and stuff. So I thought it was good. I'd like to play it again.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if Chris still has this. Cause I, yeah, I would like to play it again and try something some other kind of strategy because mm-hmm. yeah I, I enjoyed it a thousand times more this time and yeah definitely one of those games if you play it once you need to play it again probably right after because then you'll know what you're doing it's yeah. not even a hard game but the engine is is kind of tricky the first time you're playing for sure all right so another game that i'm not going to talk about because i didn't play it so katie have at it
0: okay so um spencer had gotten the much-anticipated, much-talked-about Return to Dark Tower um, for Restoration Games. I never played this originally. I have no nostalgia nostalgia attached to this game. Um, It does have some miniatures in it. Jason was immediately out. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, So it was Tim, myself, uh, Patrick, and Spencer who played this, and you each have your own like character that has a, uh, a special special actions and stuff i let them pick for me so i was they they asked who my favorite marvel character was and i said well it's got to be someone from the x-men which rogue is my favorite so they made me spy master um and then we randomly picked some stuff there were these like Oric things because there's like these little monsters then there's like a a bigger thing which were these ugly spider things which i really hated and then there's like this bigger kind of guy who was like the titan and then there's like the boss which was like isa i think was the name of the boss but it looked like a weird looking dude so i was really confused some kind of mage maybe i don't know but it's cool like there's this app integration with the tower um you go through the app for each turn, um, you know, saying what you're doing, like moving on, um, you know, you're moving through different months. Um, ours happened to have this kind of quest where you had to go into these different dungeons. You go through three dungeons, find these shrines, then you could unlock this last, explore this last place, and then you could fight the big bad. And so, um, A lot of the dungeons required stealth. And so we kind of let Patrick captain this a little bit. He did not quarterback, but just gave some advice. He played it a lot. Really likes this game. I'm like, dude, I will do whatever. I don't care. And like, okay, your character has stealth. You're going to just, you need to delve these dungeons. So I took that as my assignment. Like, skulls kept popping out all over my side of the board. I was like, somebody else got to take care of these because you told me to go to the dungeon. And that's what I'm doing. So (laughs) every time it's my turn, I'm like, okay, I'm going to this dungeon. And I'm going to go in and go through. And of course, in typical me fashion, I didn't just go to one room or two rooms. I had to go through like nine rooms in every stinking dungeon, but um, you know, everybody kind of grouped together. They loaded me up with stuff. I just took a bunch of like red shirts down and just said, "I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going." I had some like good advantages that I could use. I plowed through them all, and we ended up winning. in, like I don't know, f- four months, maybe three or four months, which is pretty good, from what I hear. I don't know. Everyone. Yeah, Patrick
1: I- said Patrick said you needed to win before month four, or around month four, you weren't going to win.
0: Right. So I was like, okay, I was given a job. I did the job. Apparently, everyone else did not understand that. They're like, well, why don't you come out of the dungeon? Like, why aren't you leaving? I'm like, because I have to find the shrine. You told me to explore the dungeons. I'm doing what I came to do. I'm not leaving. I still got dudes. That's fine. I'll give up this, you know, potion for some advantages. We'll get something new later. I don't care. I'm going to. I'll hit the bazaar on the way out. Yeah. So <laughs> it was tense because you have to click on the app and you choose which way you're going to look in which room. And of course, I obviously always chose the wrong way because I had to explore all the way around the dungeon. I just left a litter of dead bodies everywhere in there. But I did it. I did my job. I said, I don't know what the rest of you are doing. You said this is my job. I'm here to do my job. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to fight this guy. And fight this guy." for I'm like, OK, well, I'm just going to go to the dungeon. That's what you told me to do. <laughs> So uh, it it was fun. Like, would I do I need to own this game? No. Uh, would I play it again? Sure. If someone else really wants to play it. Yeah, I don't have a problem playing it. I, I, I'm not like a good, I'm not very tactical in a lot of games. That's just not my thing. But I know how to I know how to be a good supportive player. So I will go get artifacts for people, you know, do whatever. I will do whatever I need to do to help the team as a whole. So if you give me one assignment and you say you delve the dungeons, I will delve the dungeons. I will do that thing. And so that was my job. It was fun. Um, I think... I think if you like games with like attacking and, you know, kind of mitigating bad things to fight this boss. Absolutely. It's cool. Um, the tower is cool. The app is neat. The Integration is really neat. Um, I don't need to own it. And there's no worries that I'm like converting to Mayor Trash. But yeah, I absolutely would play it. Unlike Jason, I will play almost any game. <laughs>
1: i say that and i stand by it i stand by it 95 percent. there's some games that i just don't want to play and this game it looks good in the table i'm not going to deny that but it just has so much stuff i don't care about i don't want fighting i don't want minis i don't like app stuff I, i don't know just not my jam it looked cool on the table you guys were having a good time but just yeah just not for me
0: i think if you would play it you wouldn't you would not hate it i don't think you would hate it um now, would you like it? Maybe not, but you would not be like, this is the worst game I've ever played. I don't think so.
1: Well, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true.
0: But, you know, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, I took a little walk on the mirror trash side and had fun.
1: All right. So, those are some games that we played. Let's segue into the next part somehow. <laughs>
0: So not only did we play Games of Origins, we were there to check out the exhibit hall. And the exhibit hall had some really cool stuff, stuff that we talked about a little bit in our last episode. So if you don't remember, check out episode 220 for the things we were excited to check out.
1: 219. 220 was my side episode. Oh, I forgot.
0: Dang it. So check out 219. Don't (laughs) check out 220.
1: No, Uh. do check out 220. (laughs)
0: But you could see what we were looking forward to at Origins compared to what we found. And we found some pretty awesome stuff and stuff that I was actually surprised by. Um, and so the first one is a game that we mentioned in Episode 219. And we mentioned in Episode 219 that we had talked about it from last year. Um, and I believe I covered this on a Kickstarter, which is why we brought it up. But the game that we checked out was called Distilled. And this game looks like everything I ever hoped or wanted it to be.
1: Oh, yeah. This game is awesome. It's It's got a, a cool making whiskey theme. We talked to the designer a little bit, and he said, you know, there's tons of games about making beer and um, making wine, but there's not a lot of stuff about making whiskey. So he wanted to use that theme. And everything that he did in game design, he did in to try as be as thematic as possible. So we didn't get to play a full game of this, but we did watch him show us some stuff. And the way this game works is you're trying to collect these different ingredients and you are then going to be converting ingredients into certain types of whiskeys or vodka or whatever. And the way that that works is you're going to have to take... Spirits. The cards that you're going to use, yeah, spirits, that's true. Um, you're going to take the cards that you're using as the ingredients for that drink, and then you're going to shuffle them up and you're going to have to randomly remove two. And the reason for that is the first batch and the last batch of uh, some of the alcohol is like nail polish remover. It's really bad for you. You don't want to drink it. So, in theme, you're going to be doing that in your cards. So the tricky part here is you could get rid of some of the ingredients that you need for your drink or your spirit, and it turns it into something that's not as good. So you're pushing your luck a little bit to try to get cards in there that maybe extra cards that you don't need, but will protect you from removing these cards. And there's just a whole bunch of cool components. There's special abilities. There's flavors that you can get into your, your um, different types of barrels that you're mixing. It it's awesome. I thought it was going to be like a board game, but it's effectively just like a card-building tableau game, but definitely one that I'm super pumped about. Looks fantastic. And the designer, really nice guy.
0: Yeah, Dave Beck was so nice. Um, talked to us about the game. Um, kind of talked about some of his influences. He lo- he really likes heavy Euros like Trickerion, um, and so we felt like, dude, you're kindred spirit. And he loves like the, the thematic kind of nature of it. and. He talked about he's got some new projects. I think he's going to reveal one maybe in the fall that he couldn't talk about, um, which is really cool. Uh, He honestly was surprised by how much they made on the Kickstarter. And I was like, dude, this game is awesome. How could you be surprised? Um, But he really was. uh, He was saying that the retail version is not going to be any different from the Kickstarter. It's going to have game trays in it, which I I always think is nice um, when they are functional and they work well. Um, And he... Just so, so friendly, so forthcoming. Gave us a free shot glass. Um, you know, was willing to talk, you know, anything we wanted, question wise, about the game. Uh, so it looks so good. I, I definitely am going to hunt this one down when it's released. I think. Oh, for sure. Sh- and you can pre order it now, actually.
1: Yes. Yeah. There was a QR code. I-, I don't know where you go. Probably Game Found, Kickstarter, somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure on that, but. I don't know if he it's- did. S- the publishers. Paverson Games? Paverson Games, maybe.
0: But if you pre-order, you get a shot glass and a t-shirt.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. Well, we have the shot glass. The t-shirt was cool, though.
0: It was cool. So definitely a game still on the radar. And speaking of games that you can get in the future, we hunted down, not just for Mike, but Mike specifically asked to check out Septima from Mind Clash Games. Ho- buddy. <laughs> this game was everything I wanted it to be. Um, we watched a playthrough, um, w- maybe a couple hands from some people who were playing uh, a demo copy. Ah, the production value, awesome. Um, the gameplay seemed really smooth. It made sense. It was thematic. It was just cool there's lots of tracks and things to to manage you got to manage your coven your witches in your coven have special um abilities and you have to have them in the right position to activate them you have to keep them from getting on trial by the witch hunters whoa
1: yeah and speaking of this game this is the one that i said i backed up at the top i backed this bad boy it's over. It's over my price range, but it's it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. I know.
0: I'm trying to decide if I need to talk about it on like Kickstarter news in like a week or two. Again. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs> so this game. Do- so I'll talk about it a little bit. This game does have some semi co op. Don't let that scare you, because I think the semi co op in this is basically you're all trying to work together to save these villagers that are sick. Uh, by going to the hospital and all that kind of thing. And but it's really trying-
0: self-serving. You're not really working together necessarily.
1: Well, that's true. But you're still doing this uh, a thing that you can all do, though.
0: I feel like the only semi-co-op part is the fact the that- The trial part? No. If you and I, so there's the simultaneous action, If if selection. if we If you and I choose the same action, that actually gives us a bonus for the action, which is great. But then you've got witch hunters that move towards you or move in your area or arrest one of your witches if they're too close. So I think... Yeah, that's true. I would assume that that's what it means by semi-co-op.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking the trial, too, when you're trying to get those people around, the witches that are on trial. Yes, but you're
0: trying to get the witches yourself. Like, they come to your coven if you win the trial.
1: That's true. But if nobody... I guess that's true. But if there's still more of the bad people and a lot of people aren't helping you out, it's going to be harder to win them over.
0: That's true. But I feel like the semi-co-op is real thin. It is, I would say, competitive first and foremost. If things, if you happen to work together with other people, it'll pave the way a little bit easier. But it is not, I wouldn't say, it's a vital part of the game.
1: Yeah, I can see that. But either way, if you like Mind Clash games, if you're a fan of Trickerion or Anachrony or perseverance or any of those games like that you definitely need to check this out it has the look it seems like it's almost a little bit lighter than some of the other ones yes i would say that it's not light it's not a light game by any means but it's definitely lighter than Trakirian, 110 percent. (laughs) like it's going to be easier to teach i think it's going to be easier to explain and the gameplay is a little a little easier i think all around but fantastic can't wait to find out more about this game for sure
0: yeah there's still a lot of things to manage with it um several different tracks that you're moving up um the different action cards that you can take um keeping you know everyone's powers where they need to be getting new witches making sure your witches don't you know get hung because they were not burned at the stake fun fact they didn't burn any of them in salem
1: yeah they did in monty python though
0: well they tried to we don't know they said <laughs>
1: That's true. They Yeah, they did. That's true.
0: They put, they put those clothes on her, and this is not her real nose. <laughs> anyway, so Septima looks amazing. Check out the Kickstarter. It's live now when this episode airs. I may be talking about it again in news in a couple weeks.
1: All right, so there was another one, another game that was there that's been out for a while, but we've always been curious about. So we sat down and we demoed it, and it is called Fog of Love. And Fog of Love is a two-player... I don't even know how to explain it. Like a
0: story building, hand, card management. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, it's
1: it's real strange. I've never played another game like it. But it's a two player game where you're taking on a character. You're becoming this character. I was like this hairy, sensual. Your voice father. was
0: sensuous. Yeah, I was. A, I was a
1: priest, and Kate, I don't remember what your character. I was. I was
0: like I was a TV star that was. Um, I don't know what adjectives you gave me.
1: I I can't remember. They were ridiculous. They were
0: stupid. They were real stupid.
1: But throughout this game, what you're doing is you're playing a card down to the center of the board. And each player is going to... The card's going to tell somebody or both of the players to select an answer. If you match, good things could happen. But depending on some of the answers, it may bump up some of these, there's five different traits or four different traits that you're trying to get. You have these three trait cards in front of you, and you're trying to move these arrows certain ways so you can match these traits. So, for example, the first card I played on our first date or whatever, we talked about having a joint bank account. Whoa. (laughs) the The guy who was running the game thought that was hilarious. But if you selected the same answer, you would get some extra hearts, which is like the points. You're trying to get as many hearts as you can to score, to win. And then if you didn't match, there were some other bad things. There's sometimes when I could play a card and it could be the other person chooses, whatever they choose could affect me and that kind of thing. So you're just playing cards, trying to get trait markers to move up that you need. That's effectively the game. But you're also wanting to play cards, if you care about the story, to do some silly story just to have some fun with. So... How do you feel about the little demo of this?
0: Um, it was interesting. I Again, we had, I had no idea how this game played. Heard tons of people talk about it. Obviously, there's been several expansions, Paranormal. Um, there's one for Lockdown, a Lockdown one, Love and Lockdown. Um, I think Makes me think
1: of Kanye West.
0: I know, me too. And I think there's a, a third one that I can't remember. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to see it. I don't know that I would play it again, Um, I do think that there's we only played kind of part of it in the demo aspect that there was some some parts of the game we weren't playing. So maybe if we played all of them, um, I don't know that I feel the need to run out and purchase it. Uh, But it was an interesting experience. And it's funny. It's it is more of experience, I would say, than like super game like. But it was a good time.
1: Yeah, it did have enough of the game stuff to keep me engaged, though, because I don't care about the story part, but trying to play the right cards to move up on the traits that I needed, I was I thought that was interesting. Not like a deep game by any means, but it was entertaining, for sure. All right, so you can talk about this one, I, I guess, because you were excited about this.
0: Yeah, I mentioned uh, in Episode 219 that there were pretty much all the games I wanted to, to look into were deduction type games and Mortem medieval detective was one that I was super interested in. Um, I think arcane wonders has this.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Right now. Um, I am still so intrigued with this. I didn't get to sit and um, do a demo for it, but I did talk through um, it with someone at the booth and it is this game where you, are agents that a prince is sending out and it's in kind of the medieval ages. You're going out to kind of find out what's going on with some rumors that the prince is hearing. There's these disturbances and things. So is it something supernatural or is it like a rebellious uprising or is it really nothing? Um, And you kind of have these group of agents, like you have these Cards that exist that kind of represent your crew, and they each have some kind of special abilities that you can use. And everyone that you're playing with can use these people. And then you're going out and going through a series of cards where you're answering questions, like making choices. So you're finding things out. Um, each time there, I think there's three cases in this initial one, and they have stuff in the works for another already. Um, you kind of have an objective that you need to accomplish, like find a map or something. Um, how you do that is kind of up to you and you can learn other things along the way because then at the end of this episode, the scenario, you have some, you can say, okay, yes, we we reached this goal. Then it's also, well, what did you find out about, you know, the farmer's daughter or what's going on down at the mill? Um, and you may be able to answer them, or you may not, because you really can't. You cannot explore every card, find out everything, um, but it's all part of this one continuous storyline through these three different scenarios. I, I am like wicked intrigued by this. Um, you collect items that you can expend um, and get back, and then there's also time. Like it takes time, which means I'm only going to go through so many cards, or how you know whatever before I have to make sure I have my objective. And so that's also kind of pacing you why you can't see everything or do everything. Um, and they say, because it's an objective, there's this replayability because you you may go a different route the other the next time. And you still have to figure out how to get to that objective. Um, I, I think it looks cool. I'm totally stoked by it. I believe you can purchase this um, already?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I... It was for sale there, but yeah, I don't know if it's for sale everywhere else. I
0: think it might have been a lot cheaper there. I should have bought it there because it's for sale on... Um,
1: it was 50 bucks there. Oh, no,
0: it's 50 bucks on bgg too. But I, I'm intrigued in trying it, but again, I have a shelf still of detectives games that I still need to play. But this is definitely something I want to check out at some point. Speaking of detectives, everyone knows I love Sherlock. Y- <laughs> y'all know. <laughs>
1: yeah you do love this game
0: i love sherlock so much there's also a new consulting detective version out right now it's got cthulhu which i don't care about cthulhu but i care about owning all of the consulting detective stories but i haven't even finished the last one so i'm showing restraint barely concealed restraint but of all the sherlock um kind of what do I want to call that? Not Iterations, maybe, that exist out there. I do really like the one the BBC has done with Benedict Cumberbatch because I love him anyway. Um, but I just think it's a well-done show. So when I saw that they had gotten the IP, and this was Lucky Duck, had the IP for Sherlock, I was pumped. So they had Sherlock Case Connection there, um, which I mentioned in episode 219. I... I was disappointed. I don't.
1: That's an understatement. Come on.
0: I was devastated. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, look, it had like um, scenes from the show everywhere, like super. But all you do in this game is you take one card that has a scene on it and it's got these symbols on it. And then you get other cards that have the symbols and you put the symbols in between and you make connections with the symbols. No deduction, no, nothing, nothing like Sherlock. Now, if you're looking for a super light game, language independent, um, just want to connect things, sure, go for it.
1: I actually was glad that this was what this was and didn't have an app. I mean, yes, it's it <laughs> what awful. This looked awful and terrible, but I mean, I'm just glad it didn't use an app. I was like, I was worried it was going to be like Chronicles of Crime and use an app and be the same thing, just with like Sherlock pasted on it.
0: I would have so. taken that. I would have taken that because then you're at least solving the crime. There is no crime solving here.
1: That's true. There is no crime. <laughs> there is no crime.
0: I was so you're, sad.
1: <laughs> you're matching pictures. That's it.
0: I yes. I was so sad. Now, I did hear from one of my friends, Kim. Over at Tabletop Rebellion, she had talked with um, people at Lucky Duck, and they said that there is something else in the works for this IP, and I don't want to get my hopes up too much, only to have them dashed again, because I will be super angry.
1: Case connection, too.
0: Stop it. Um, so I-, I keep my fingers crossed, um, just for me, hoping this was another great deduction game, really the- thematic, um, I was disappointed.
1: I mean, we, when we walked up to the booth, it was Friday. So the con started, you, you were able to go in the exhibit hall on Thursday. We get there Friday early, you know, lunchtime. And this thing was already like knocked down in price from like 40 to like nineteen ninety nine. I think it was like
0: 25,
1: that. but yes. Either way, not enough. Like if it's day two or day one and a half, And you've already knocked fifteen dollars off your game. (laughs) There's a problem. There's clearly a problem, and I think this game has a problem. It looked cool. It had cool images from the show. Had nice bits, but yeah, there was there was no game there. No game at all.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be nice about it. You're being real mean. I don't want people Lucky Duck
1: to get mad at us. They're not going to send stuff to us anyway. Who cares? It was a terrible looking game. They knew it was terrible, hence the reason they knocked the price down. Like, I'm I'm not, I didn't make the game. They should have seen it coming. I personally was just disappointed by this game. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I was not as disappointed as you, but it was pretty terrible. Well,
0: it's because you don't love Sherlock as much as me.
1: It's true. That I read
0: true. Sherlock fan fiction for crying out loud. I'm dedicated.
1: You don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, 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 now everybody's going to know that, and you're going to be judged. I don't care.
0: What, since when have I cared? Judge away. <laughs> Come at me! I don't care.
1: That's true. All right, so I'll I'll lead into the next one. I didn't really pay attention to the overview too much, but
0: oh my gosh, we were at the,
1: we were at the kids' table board gaming booth because uh, we got some upgraded bits for our campy creature no no creature comforts creature, you ter. Creature comforts i was like there's something with creatures in there we got the upgrade update graded wooden bits for it because we just had the cardboard chits Yes, yeah, so Molly jason was-
0: decided to actually buy them since i keep complaining about not having the upgraded books for fire in the library
1: you're getting those chill out
0: <laughs> so i was like uh he's like well do you want these upgraded bits i'm like who are you talking to of course i do you better get them <laughs> so- or you'll hear about it for the rest of our lives
1: so anyways, <laughs> while we were at their booth, there was this really cool game set up called Power Plants. It looked great. It had these cool, like, interesting-looking tiles in different shapes. It was bright-colored, cool bits. So while I was starting the purchase of the, the bits, Katie was getting the rundown of the Power Plants game from Helena Capel, who is one of the owners of the company, her and her husband, Josh. And she kind of talked about the game a little bit. I think it's like a... Let me tell it. Yeah, yeah. Since I actually listened to
0: it, I'll tell you. I listened
1: to part of it, but then I didn't really care that much.
0: And she was so wonderful. It looks like a really interesting game. So um, it's kind of an area control game. You are in this magical forest, and you are kind of developing a plot, a garden in it with uh, the other players. So you each have kind of like your little sprites, and they're all shaped differently, especially if it's in the edition she was showing me, which is awesome.
1: Um, it looked very it looked very
0: good it's sweet um they're like thick uh s- they're not wooden tiles but they're like uh they're not oh, they look ceramic i don't know like a some kind of polymer i don't know but they were i i like tactile things so they're nice to hold and they're oddly shaped and There are different colors there to represent these different types of plants that you are trying to grow. And each plant has a special power. And so when you play one out into the garden, you're going to enact its power. And sometimes it's allowing you to put more sprites out on um, the different plants or in a different area or move someone else's sprites off because you are trying to group the same type of plant in the same area to make like a big patch of it and then have control of that because that's how you're going to score points. Um, So the game is a lot of drawing these tiles out, using these special abilities, and it even has kind of this built in, um, I don't want to say advanced mode, but you can play it where you've got an additional option for a particular um, plants like power that you could use instead, which makes the game even more complex. Also, they have... um, a variety of these different types of plants so you only you pick i think four or five to use in each game and so you don't play with all of them every time and they even have different powers for like the same plant that you can kind of trade in and out almost like um what uh quacks does with the the different cards that you can the special abilities you can use for the different colors um so I thought it looked really cool because she had said it, they, it was on Kickstarter and she actually reopened up the pledge manager because she said the retail version will just have, I think, the cardboard um, cardboard tiles. tiles for the plants. And I'm not sure. I think they might have different um, bits as well, player bits. So if you are all interested in power plants, um, you like little area control games, you like Bright colors, these different varying player powers. I would go try and check this out um, if you're listening to this in real us in real time um, because you want that Kickstarter version because it is pimp. Um, it looks really good. I don't love area control, but this would be such a fun little game, little puzzle to kind of figure out um, what to, what plant you want to put where and how you're gonna um, get control of these different areas. Like it looks super good, and I. Have recently just become so enamored with um, kids table board <laughs> games. Did I do it right? No. Yeah. Kids. Good
1: job. Good job. No, that's right.
0: Okay. Okay. Kids table board games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kids table board games. I was gonna say that I haven't. We haven't played any of their games that we haven't liked. We own three of them: Fossilus, Rec Raiders, and Creature, Creature Comforts. Comforts. This one looks. It looks good. I, I didn't pay attention as much as the thing as you did, but. The bits were amazing. The super the special powers of each tile look good. It, and it's a it's a kids table board game, so it's probably pretty good. It's going to be easy to play. It's going to not have a ton of rules overhead and it'll just be fun. And it'll look gorgeous because Josh and their crew do great art. So, yeah. True. It looks good.
0: Yeah. So, I I think that's that's a big part of what we did at Origins. Um, also some other things you can see, there's a couple reviews out and there will be some more coming out. I'm actually in them. What? Um, some videos for other games that we saw and played and really enjoyed. So keep watching for those as well. So you can get even more of our origins experience.
1: Yeah. I, uh, they're going to be trickling out slowly for sure. Got some in the docket. They're coming. They're coming. Some new hotness, some old and busted. That's how we roll. As That's we well right. Come out.
0: That is how we roll. Um, is there anything else? You good?
1: Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, so uh, just one more time, one more thing. Big shout out to the board game rundown guys. We hung out with them pretty much the whole time we were there and Man. a big thank you to Patrick and Julia for letting us crash in their their room for like basically a whole day. So. <laughs>
0: right. you know, thank you for that. We had such a good time playing games with them. It's always fun. It's like it's like kindred spirits. You know, when you can get together with people who like to play good games, and, you know, just hang out and have a good time and that's really what it was. So it was it was a really great um part of our origins this year.
1: Yeah, Even with Dan.
0: Still even, good. even with Dan. I mean, I could have done without, but you know, <laughs> I guess <laughs> they had kind to bring him. Deal, I think.
1: Yeah. It I know. <laughs>
0: what can you say? All right. Well, I'm tracking a spider moving across my living room right now. So, I've been Katie.
1: And I'm Jason.
0: Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.